Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. Happy Friday to everyone out there. On today's show, we will be joined by Mark Wise, college basketball analyst for ESPN and the Gator Radio Network, to discuss this Florida basketball team and get his thoughts on Florida naming their basketball court after Billy Donovan on Saturday. In the second segment, we'll hear some comments from Florida coach Mike White to preview Saturday's matchup against Vanderbilt. And in the final segment, we will also discuss Florida baseball's opener against Marshall this weekend as well as an update on Charlie Strong. But let's start out today's show with Mark Wise. Here was my conversation with him this week. We now welcome in the one and only Mark Wise to talk Florida hoops and definitely this weekend's big event with the court being named after Billy Donovan and Florida's matchup with Vanderbilt. Mark was on the call on Wednesday night for the Gators' win over Texas A&M, and he'll recap that game for us as well. Mark, welcome into Locked on Gators. I appreciate your time, and, and how's it going, my friend? You know, I, I this time of the year, Zach, I got to tell you, I have to get up each morning and remember what city I'm in and what my room number is in the hotel. But other than that, are you kidding me? It's it's we're 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 at the head of the stretch for this basketball season, and nothing could be better. I don't think things could have gone much better for the Gators in College Station on Wednesday night. You had the call and, and did a great job, and Florida did a great job. We've seen. Good Florida, we've seen bad Florida at times this year, <laughs> and I think Wednesday night was certainly good Florida. Well, you know, there's no question. They've been wildly inconsistent, and I think they've been more wildly inconsistent on the offensive end in terms of shot selection at times or missing open shots at times, and you know, Blackshear will present himself in the post and they can't see him, and then they'll throw it to him at the wrong time. It's just been a a sort of a disconnected offensive group at times. I was really impressed with the ball movement the other night uh, I, or last night. I, I made that comment on the air that uh, so many times in, in your offensive scheme, your best shots come on the third side of the floor, meaning you've got to have a couple of ball reversals in there. And I thought the ball swung back and forth. They got quality looks. They had very few what I would call questionable shots. And that is, has just not been the case this season. Mark, another thing that you mentioned during the play-by-play was just the confidence and maybe a little bit of swagger that Florida was playing with against the Aggies. And we haven't always seen that at times, but uh, you like the way that they took the floor the other night and just the way that they played. Talk a little bit about that and maybe how key that is for them to exude that with the way that they've struggled at times this year. Well, I know that when we talked to Mike White at Shoot Around, um, Roy Philpott, my partner on Wednesday night on the SEC Network, uh, Mike was talking to us that he needs a little bit more from the leadership uh, of Andrew Nimhart. And I think I'm starting to see that a little bit. This is a team that needs a vocal leader. There's no question about that. And Nimhart is the most logical choice in, in to do that, and I think he wants to do it. Um, and I think he's earned the, the right to do it and the trust of his teammates to do it. So it'll be anxious to see if he can maintain this because I don't think there's any question. The better Nimhart plays, the more vocal he is, he makes other players better, and that makes Florida better. Of course, and he had another 
great game against Texas A&M, 24 points. He's gotten into the 20-point range now several times in SEC play. And, and Noah Locke, once again, the big night from beyond the arc. The guy just right. sits there in the corner, man, and, and really lights it up from three. Can you talk about his play this year? Yeah, he's the leading shooter in percentage-wise in league play. Um, I, he's a wonderful catch-and-shoot guy. I thought for the first time in a long time he took what the defense gave him the other night. I think there are times, you know, occasionally you have to do more than just be a three-point shooter, but I think there are many times where he over-dribbles, he goes too far, and yet he had a couple of mid-range jumpers the other day where he just took what the defense gave him, and he stopped played off two feet. Uh, when he does that, he and you can you know, mix up your offensive repertoire just a little bit, uh, it certainly helps. Now, I must tell you this. After watching him uh, make seven threes against Texas A&M last year, five more in this game, I think Noah Locke would like to play Texas A&M six or seven times every year. Kind of like Kayvon Allen with Arkansas, right? Yes. <laughs> if every game could have been against the Razorbacks, he'd have been lighting it up. So as we move forward with this team market and see where they can go as we approach the tournament, tell me two things. One, what you like most about this team, where they're at, and then two, what you feel like they still need to improve and work on the most uh, before they reach tournament time. Well, you know, it's hard to gauge their ceiling, and I think they're going to be at their best if the freshmen continue to grow. And sometimes with the freshmen, it's been one step forward, four steps backwards, four steps forwards, two steps back. It just has not been anything consistent. And I don't care if you're talking about Mann or Glover or Payne. Jatobo's getting a few more minutes now. Scotty Lewis is in that same boat. You know, the freshmen have to learn. I've said this before, Zach. The freshmen, and this is true of Florida's freshmen, Kentucky's freshmen, Duke's freshmen, they have to learn to play with others. And that sounds sort of trite, but what I'm talking about is not just the passing. Um, you know, Lewis has an incredibly low assist number on the season. Trey Mann has an incredibly – so, yes, they need to pass the ball t- – to find teammates more but there's more to basketball than just the ball being in your hand and that's what I'm talking about when I say playing with others go set a screen go dive on the floor for a loose ball go get a tough rebound make sure that you get through the screen and and you you don't get picked off and your man makes a three all the time so uh, that's sort of the I think that's the one thing we really undervalued at the beginning of the year with the high expectations the number of minutes that the freshmen were going to have to play and how difficult it is to rely on freshmen when you play them that many minutes we're speaking with Mark Wise and Mark certainly a big weekend in Gainesville with the naming of the court of Billy Donovan and him being back in town along with so many others before we talk about the moment, there's, I'm sure, so many things that you can recall here, but I mean, what do you remember of some of your earliest memories of Billy Donovan? Right. Just to think back on those and where he is now as the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, this is what I will tell you, Zach. I think of all the coaches that I have been around over my way too many years, let's put it that way, Billy Donovan might be the best listener of any coach I've been around. Meaning, when he asks you, what do you think, he's not just being polite. He wants to know what you think. 
he wants to know um he wants as many opinions as he can possibly assimilate and I just don't think a lot of coaches are wired that way. Uh, I think most of the coaches think that you know for the most part they have two or three people maybe they trust but Billy Donovan is an is a total sponge when it comes to the sport of ba- basketball. He wants everybody's input. Uh he's not he's such a humble guy in that sense. And that is such a unique trait, I think, in a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously helped him, I think, get to the point where he's at right now. And what do you think that this is going to mean for him to be back in Gainesville this weekend and have the fan base embrace him one more time and, and certainly have all the folks back in town to see him? Oh, I think it's going to be magical. Uh, from the players that are going to be there to the fans that are going to kind of, you know, reach out. Everybody, It's, it's going to be a love fest, and it should be. I mean, you know, the the basketball, every basketball game that is played now in the exact tech arena from now on will be played on Billy Donovan Court. That is a lasting legacy, um, well-deserved. Uh, he won back-to-back titles at a football school, uh, very difficult to do. Um, it's it's difficult to do anywhere. I, I don't mean to belittle that. It's difficult to do at Duke. It's difficult to do at Kentucky. And lo and behold, he did it at Florida. So, you know, I think it's going to be a magical night, a magical moment um, for everybody. And I'm excited for Billy. I'm excited for Billy's family. I'm excited that the players are going to uh, be there. I'm not going to be there because I'm on a game at SMU this weekend. Uh, and I'm sad about that, but for the mo- I- I'll be anxious to see all the highlights. Mark, I'll, I'll be in the building, so I'll make sure that you're there in spirit. And it's going to be uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's going to be a special night in the Odom, and we're looking forward to it. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us and, and giving us some perspective and and uh, thoughts on these Gators. All right, thanks, Zach. When we come back from this first break, we'll preview the Florida Vanderbilt game with some comments from Mike White. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Welcome back into the show. The Florida basketball team is back home Saturday after back-to-back road trips, including a loss at Ole Miss. But the Gators rebounded on Wednesday night with a 78-61 win over Texas A&M. The Gators hit a season-high 12 triples in the game, and they also had 14 offensive rebounds to the Aggies' 11 defensive boards. So Florida played really well on the road. We'll see if they can put it together at home against the Commodores. Their second matchup this season after the Gators beat Vandy two weeks ago in Nashville 61 to 55. The Gators are seeking their fourth win in a row over Vandy and their fifth out of the last six meetings. The Gators are now 15 and nine on the season, seven and four in the SEC, and Vanderbilt is nine and 15, but one and 10 in the SEC. They did get their first conference win over LSU this season, and this game will tip off at 8 p.m. on SEC Network. But all the focus on Saturday will not be on this matchup. It will be at halftime as the Gators honor Billy Donovan, naming their court after him. It will officially be Billy Donovan court in a big moment for this program, a big moment for Gator Nation. And here's what Mike White had to say about the Gators honoring his predecessor. I think it'll be great for him, hopefully, you know, being honored, um, obviously, deservedly so. Um, I think it'll be great for our fans for all of um, the people that worked with Billy, that played for Billy, all the people that come back just for the event, I I think will be awesome. Um, It's exciting. 
I, I visited with Jeremy Foley this morning briefly, and we talked about the fact that when him and I were having conversations through the quick courting process, what was that, five years ago, whatever it was, he brought up <clears throat> the fact that whoever took this job had enormous shoes to fill, obviously, right? And he wanted to make sure that I was okay with that. And my answer to him was, obviously, and I've said this on a number of occasions, Coach Donovan made this an incredible job. Um, so that, that's what he did. He, we had po pockets of success here in the past. I don't want to slight any other coach that's been through here. Um, I'm fond of what Coach Kruger did here and the success he's had beyond here. But what Coach Donovan did here is off the charts. And as Denver and I were talking, as we were walking in here, the Final Fours, the National Championships, the pros, um, you could go on and on. That's unbelievable what he accomplished. But what's, what's more, um, and I don't know him that well. You know, we, we, we live two different lives. Obviously, he's, he's a pretty busy guy. I felt like my first year here, I probably bugged him too much with too many questions. Um, but the way that people revere him as a human being is, uh, is equally, as, uh, if not more, um, impressive. The Gators got great performances from their sophomores against Texas A&M. And right now, those three sophomores are stacking up with some of the SEC's best players, at least statistically. All three of them rank in the SEC's top two in at least one statistical category. Keontae Johnson ranks second in the league in field goal percentage at 53%. Noah Locke is second in the league with three-point percentage at 42%. And Andrew Nemhard, he's actually first in the SEC in assist-to-turnover ratio, and he's also second in the SEC in assists. So those three guys really playing some good basketball right now, and they'll look to keep it up against a Vanderbilt team that is struggling this season under first-year coach Jerry Stackhouse. They did end their winless drought in conference play with the win over LSU this season, but it's still very much so a work in progress as Vandy tries to get back to the elite team that it once was in the SEC. But nonetheless, they'll present a challenge on Saturday. Here's what Mike White said his Gators will have to do to get the win against Vandy. You know, for this current team, you know, <laughs> We're on Vandy, you know, we're just focused on Vandy. We're focusing on good practice today. Um, I look forward to seeing, I'm, I'm gonna get a chance to visit with Coach Donovan this afternoon for a little bit. Um, and when you get that opportunity, I'll dive into that opportunity. Uh, right now I'm focused on having a good practice because that's what it's gonna take. Vandy, every team in our league demands your, your respect and your attention. They're playing as well as they've played all year. We've got a big game ahead for us tomorrow. I think they're shooting it well, first and foremost. It, when we were prepping for them last time, we we just had a fear, you know, you hate to use the word, but just being honest, man, if they get it going, making jump shots, because they've had some, some a bunch of quality looks and they're unique defensively. They make you play a little differently uh, defensively. We'll see that tomorrow. They've got good young players. They run really good stuff. They've, uh, their, their guards are terrific. Saban Lee is one of the hardest guards, you know, in, in our league to, to contain off the bounce. They've got, um, they can play a five out lineup where all five guys can make threes. So um, when you complement all that, again, with some made shots, you've got a different team. I, I just think they're playing with a higher level of confidence. Scotty Pippen uh, Jr. continues to improve. His confidence level continues to grow. He's tough, he's, he's a good player. Maxwell Evans is a different player than he was. I mean, he's, you, know, you put 
31, I think, on, on LSU. I mean, we held them. We played really, really well defensively, but they missed some shots for us in Nashville. And the next game, they, they, they put 99 on LSU and uh, had a chance at Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was at Mississippi State. All the film runs together. And then they're up 14 the other day on Kentucky. Just It's a different team. They're playing really well. When we come back from this last break, we'll hit on the season opener for Florida baseball and also give you an update on Charlie Strong. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Gators is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Gator fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Gator fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back into the show and a special night tonight for the Florida baseball program as it will be the final opening night in McKeithen Stadium. After this season, the Gators will move over to their new ballpark and McKeithen Stadium will get demolished and then become part of Florida's new standalone football complex. And obviously a lot of excitement for all the new facilities coming for baseball and football but definitely bittersweet to see the end of an era with McKeithen Stadium and the Gators will honor Alfred A. McKeithen and he will be represented by his five grandchildren and several great-grandchildren tonight. So Scott Carter from FloridaGators.com had a nice piece about McKeithen and the history of the stadium. So make sure you go check that out. Also make sure you go check out the story from Chris Harry at FloridaGators.com who had a really great feature on Billy Donovan and what life is like for him now in OKC. But the Florida baseball team is back at it tonight. Last season, the Gators did not make the College World Series for the first time since 2014. But that isn't creating low expectations heading into the season. The Gators got a lot of talent coming back. They also got some really talented recruits that they added to the roster. And Coach Kevin O'Sullivan said that for the Gators to get back to the College World Series, he's going to need some guys on his team to step up. Here's what he had to say this past week. There aren't many programs that have been to 13 regionals in a row. Obviously, our expectation is to get to the World Series and compete for a national championship. We're going to need a couple of guys to step up. Some pieces gone from last year, but the Gators do bring back the majority of their pitching staff and Tommy Mace, Jack Lefwich, and Nick Pugue. And here's what O'Sullivan had to say this week about those guys. Tommy and Jack are going to have to pitch up to their capabilities. Nick Pugue will be our third starter. He hasn't given up a run this spring, and he's earned it. O'Sullivan said that he has some sophomores that need to make a jump as well, and he's really excited about the freshman arms that he's added to this team, specifically the big name Hunter Barco, who's regarded as the best left-handed pitcher in this class. O'Sullivan said that he's going to be one of the special ones that comes through here. He's also like what he's seen from Brandon Sprout and some of his other freshman pitchers. So the Gators should once again be good on the mound and they'll start their season tonight with a weekend series against Marshall. And before we go, a note on former UF defensive coordinator 
Charlie Strong, who was just recently the head coach at USF. We heard from the Gainesville Suns' Pat Dooley a couple weeks ago that Strong was in the mix for a potential analyst role on Dan Mullen's staff, and at the time, it looked like that was something that was going to happen. But not so fast. It was reported on Friday from the Athletics' Aaron Suttles that Charlie Strong was in Tuscaloosa on Thursday visiting with the Alabama coaching staff. So it looks like he is also in the mix for an analyst position with Nick Saban. And as we all know, Saban has had several high-profile names come through his program as analysts, such as Butch Jones and Steve Sarkeesian. We'll see if Charlie Strong could be the latest that gets added to that list. But everyone in Gator Nation has been hoping that Charlie Strong was going to make his return to Gainesville. You even had Ben Troop write a story this week about what Strong's return would mean for the Florida football program. So we'll have to continue monitoring this, see if Strong and also Kerwin Bell end up on Florida's staff as analysts. And that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we chatted with Mark Wise about Billy Donovan and this year's Gator basketball team. In the second segment, we previewed Florida's matchup against Vanderbilt with some comments from Mike White. And we also discuss the season opener for the Florida baseball team and the latest update on Charlie Strong. When we come back on Monday, we'll recap Florida's win over Vanderbilt and we'll bring you some comments from the man himself, Billy Donovan, discussing UF naming its court after him. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.